Loves. It's me, Tasha Branham, founder and creator of Naturally Smitten and a slew of other creations. How have y'all been? I feel like I just listened to my last podcast um, a few moments ago, and I feel like I started that podcast off the same way I'm getting ready to start this one off with a big old juicy, fat, sincere apology. I have been so busy um, since the last podcast, just a quick life update. So the last podcast I said we had, we were in the process of moving, which everybody knows is extremely stressful. So we moved um, in September and there's been so many things that's happened since then. Um, Like I'm in the process of planning um, our second missions trip, which I would love for you to help partner with. Um, I've launched a few other brands. Naturally Smitten still there. It's not going anywhere. But there's just some other initiatives that I have been like itching to start, i.e. Modest Eden, which is going to be my clothing line that starts this year. I've been working on Modest Eden probably since 2010. And to finally, finally uh, see things come together is like nothing short of amazeballs. Just amazing, amazing sauce, awesome sauce, like all of it. Um, so that is going to be launching, um, soon. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Like, you know, as an artist, like when I go shop for clothes, I become extremely underwhelmed. (laughs) You know, I might find something from time to time that I love, but for the most part of being able to go and shop all at once, I don't get that experience because I am (laughs) underwhelmed and I get it, you know, with designers when you're taking things to market. Like I I would say, if you look at the portfolio of every designer that you see, um, you know, in department stores that are, you know, such as uh, Nordstrom's or my favorite anthropology or anything like that, like their personal portfolio of what they can do is probably outstanding. But when you take things to market and you're trying to create things for the masses, unfortunately, as an artist, we often have to like water things down because um, everybody is not eclectic and seeing patterns and futuristic ideas. Um, and people think you're crazy. So, you have to kind of tune things back so that the mass market will have, it will have that mass market appeal. So as an artist, when I go shopping, I'm like, I don't see enough paisley. There's not enough flowers or birds or, you know, anything else eclectic, psychedelic and obnoxious. Like, where's that stuff at? It's in your head. So I've just decided like, look, I'm going to create when I want, what I want to see, what I want to wear. And honey, I have been having an absolute absolute blast like blast i had added a uh, uh, extra syllable in blast like blast um modest eating will carry shoes um scarves body care items for the home um dresses shirts just any and everything and i'm just very excited about um you know this new opportunity this new thing that I get to pour my creativity into. I've been really in a season of creativity. Um, The Lord spoke to me maybe like a year and a half ago, and he told me that he was increasing my capacity for your creativity, but not just for me, but to help and to pour out into others. So to all of those that follow me out there, um, to all of those that send me side messages and emails and everything about the inspiration from the podcast, like I appreciate that. And I just give all glory and thanks 
thanks to God because he's really where I draw my inspiration from. He's where I see my patterns, my ideas, my formulations, all that stuff comes from heaven is ooky and kooky as that sounds. That's how me and my savior roll. So onto this podcast, I've been working on it in my head for a couple of days, but I finally decided to put something down today on electronic paper so I can present it to you because it's a question I get asked a lot and these podcasts give me an opportunity to, um, talk about things that um, I get asked frequently, but I get to do it on more of a public platform so that um, not just those that have inquired of those things can get their answers, but even those that may have thought to ask or didn't think to ask. So today's podcast is called UGG. Yes, UGG. Is it time for me to quit my job yet? And then the subtitle is how to know it's time to leave your full-time job to go into full-time entrepreneurship. Everybody bow your heads in prayer. No, just kidding. So I just wanted to talk about this because I've made this plunge before. I've done it. I've made mistakes with it. There's things that I wish I had have known then that I know now. And um, in the day and age of entrepreneurship, everybody seems to have some sort of creative endeavor that they are trying to get into. Um, I think that's a valid question. Um, when I left my corporate job in 2010, I was single, was not married. Uh, my children were much younger. I had just purchased and had my first house built, which is dumb. Don't ever do that. Do not, do not, do not have a house built and then quit your stable, steady, full-time job. Just don't do things like that. But I did. <laughs> and um, I learned a lot in that time. At, at the time, I didn't really, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but like when you end it to win it, you, you you don't really see clearly. It's too, when something is too close to you, like if you were to take your hands, everybody take your hands right now. Take the palm of your hand, right? and look at your put your hand maybe like a foot away from your face you can see and this is your phone your palm facing your your uh your face so you can see all of the creases in your hands you can see your fingertips you can probably see the pattern of your fingerprints you can see all of that now if you move your hand really close close and don't slap yourself in the face though but like move your hand close 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 until it like touches the tip of your nose can you see anything no, it's like your peripheral is all messed up. You can't really, it's your focus shifts, your um, depth ratio, all that stuff changes because that thing that was once far enough away where you could see it clearly and you can study it and observe all of its details is now so close to you that you can't see anything. And that's kind of how life is. And that's why it's so important to have people in our lives that, um, can see things we can't, that see things from different angles, that can see things from a different distance, that can see things um, maybe because they went through it. So it's in hindsight and you're, you're getting their wisdom and their experience, or maybe it's because they're just at a different angle, a different place. So different fresh pair of eyes that aren't like tainted by our own thoughts, uh, perceptions, and emotions. It's good to have those people that can see things we can to help us. So that is kind of how I am viewing this whole, when it's the time to leave my job. These uh, seven principles or these seven things I'm going to give you are going to help you no matter what your financial situation looks like right now, no matter what your home life looks for, looks like right now. So number one on the list is you have to make sure you are making enough money to make a living. Now, when I say that, like when I say you have to make sure you're making enough money to make a living, your side hustle, your hustle, <laughs> your side hustle, you have to be making, I would say if you're not making three to four times on the side, what you're bringing home every two weeks, it's not time for you to quit your job. And here's why. Because once you leave the the comfort of a full-time job, you are like 
relinquishing uh, sick time, insurance. You are now responsible for making sure that you pay your own taxes. Like there are things financially that, and there are securities that you get when you are someone else's employee that you now have to become responsible for when you go into entrepreneurship. So like in addition to that, what about business fees? Like every year you gotta, if you got UPC code, you gotta pay your UPC code registration every year. Domain names and websites have to be re-registered every year year um just whatever industry that you're in if you have insurance for your business not just insurance for you and your family but insurance for your business in the event that um some something legal happens and you need uh legal coverage you have to make sure that your business is making enough to support your household and it's making enough for you to build in a nest egg and it's making enough for you to be able to put away for your business, for fees and for supplies and, you know, whether it's paper, whether it's bottles, whether you need to make sure that you can buy printers and ink, you have to make sure. So if you're making, let's say $15 an hour now, you need to multiply that by three or four to even hope that you can break even. Because let me tell you, once you make that plunge to start working for yourself, you absolutely 100% have to make sure that you are uh, making enough money to build that, uh, that savings. Because in the event that you have a client that doesn't pay, I mentioned in one of my other podcasts that you, your bills are still going to be due regardless to whether you, you know, get involved in an unfortunate relationship that one of your clients doesn't pay. One of your purchase orders doesn't get paid. A company goes out of business. I've had all that happen. You ship inventory to a company and then they go out of business. What do you do? Um, you invoice somebody for the hours that you worked and they just decide for whatever reason not to pay. Maybe they're waiting on payment from somebody else and they're the middleman and they have to pay you. But somebody in that cycle, you know, does not pay. So then you at the end of the day don't get paid. You have to make sure that you're making enough money. So like right now, if you can't get past number one, then you still need to stay on your full-time job until you are making enough money. Now, I know that's hard. You work in like eight hours a day. Those of you that are parents, you got to come home, deal with kids. Those of you that are involved in other the ministry or other extracurricular activities, I understand. But the thing is, nothing great comes without great sacrifice. So you will sacrifice sleep. There will be times when the girls are out, going out to dinner, out to coffee, or going out to have a girl's trip that you can't go. But my model is I work hard now so that I can play later. I want to be able to say I worked hard the early part of my adult life so that when my children grow up and get married and have children, that I can be the grandparent, that I can travel, that I can relax, that my husband and I can focus on ministry. We can focus on pouring into others and the I'm not trying to you know go out and make ends meet because I've taken time to build a client base that I can take the time to do the things that I didn't want to do and forego the things that I initially may have wanted to get involved in because now I am focused on you know other things so that's my motto it's it's a sacrifice there's no easy way around it you're going to go to bed late you're going there's going to be some mornings where you would normally get up at six that you'll have to get up at three or four to get things done that's just what that's if you want to be your own boss and you want to make that transition that's just the sacrifice that comes along with the territory unfortunately there's no easy way to break that down Number two, 
You need to have an established client base. My God, can I say that 10 times real fast? Um, client retention is huge. Like you need to be able, it, it kind of uh, piggybacks off of number one, making sure you have enough money to make a living. But at the same time, you want to have enough clients in your base to where you are, you know, you are retaining clients depending on the type of industry you're in. If it's a product uh, based industry and it's something where people are just purchasing on a, you know, frequent or infrequent basis, what is your customer retention like? What is the cost that you have to pay to retain? customers what does it take for you to go out and get uh, additional customers like you have to make sure that what you're bringing in you know what you are bringing in every month for your clients that it's enough to make a living and that you are able to retain clients the churn rate the turnover rate if you don't know what train churn rate is google that but that the rate is very high customer acquisition is a huge thing that businesses have to face because we have to factor in the cost and in every the means the manpower that it takes to gain new customers and what it takes to have repeat customers and unfortunately in this society with most markets being extremely oversaturated it's very challenging to do, develop a, a product or strategy that stands out enough to where you have faithful and loyal customers building in customer loyalty into your business plan is that absolute necessity. You have to have loyal customers to retain them. So you need to make sure that you have an established client base so that you can make enough money to make a living, which goes back to the first point. The third point even further branches off the second and first point. You need to have a strategy to obtain more clients. So what are you going to do if your churn rate or the amount, the, the rate that you lose customers, like what is, um, what can you do to gain more clients? What are you, what can you do to gain more customers? You always have to be in that mode and never, ever, ever get comfortable with the amount of customers that you have because you never know when somebody else may come along and be sweeter, better, newer shinier and then you lose a customer to that you have to make sure that you have a strategy in place where you are able to go out and be proactive in getting leads getting emails getting customers getting um clients you have to make sure that you are you have a, a surefire uh, plan in building your email list, just having an Instagram following. If Instagram died tomorrow and that's where you put all of your eggs at, wh how else are you going to get additional customers? If you've spent only your time building your Instagram following and you haven't spent time building your email list, you haven't spent time building culture on Facebook, you haven't spent time developing videos and, um, and squeeze campaigns to be able to get additional email lists, subscribe, subscribe to your, um, your subscription list, your database. What are you going to do? Should one of those platforms shut down? I've been on social media since 1999 and I have studied platform after platform after platform. Now, granted, I don't use them to their maximum capacity because it's just extremely time consuming unless you have a team that is devoted to that specifically. But in, but social media platforms, they come and they go. Facebook is great as Facebook can be, you know, to love it or, or hate it. Facebook is the major online platform for building relationship community and um, and ads, their, their ad, their marketing um, tools are like incomparable to anything that has ever been created. Um, so love it or hate it if you want, but Facebook could die tomorrow. And then what? If you've put all your time and invested your, all of your energy into building your Facebook uh, fan page, your Facebook community, what if Facebook shuts down tomorrow? Then what? 
If Instagram shuts down tomorrow, then what? I mean, we can go back in time since from 1999 and we can look at all the social media platforms were in their heyday. We thought, oh, Black Planet will never go anywhere. Zanga will never go anywhere. I mean, we'll never go anywhere. You know, um, these sites will be here forever and ever and ever. And then like now they're obsolete. And the social media platforms that are out today are not exempt from becoming obsolete. So you have to make sure that you have a strategy to obtain more clients. Social media can be a part of your marketing campaign to reach more people, but it shouldn't consume it and be the only thing that you are doing because it is not the end all be all. There are other things that you can do. You just really have to tap the creative power of God, know your industry, watch your competitors, watch your non-competitors and subscribe to email lists and see what people are doing to retain you and study the market to know how you can um, obtain additional customers. Number four, make sure you are charging enough to live off of honey, honey, and honey. How many texts and emails do I get from people? Tasha, how much should I charge for a logo? How much should I charge for this? How much, how much, how much? I'm like, you have to figure out what you want to make per hour, what your services are valued at. And I didn't mean that voice to be disrespectful, but like, it's funny because, you know, that's, you know, I'm not an expert in that. And most companies are not an expert in that. People are con constantly and companies are constantly adjusting their prices, adjusting things for their margin and how much they want to make and um, how much they need to invest into staff and marketing and other initiatives. So you have to decide what you feel like your uh, services and be honest with yourself. How much do you feel like your services are valued per hour? Number four is like the big, you know, you struggle with fears and insecurities and uh, um, you don't value or you have a lack of self-worth. If you feel like you give, you know, $1,500 work for consults for, you know, if you, not $1,500, how about this? Let's say you feel like, based on my experience and what I can offer and my expertise, I should charge $100 an hour. But I'm afraid to charge $100 an hour because I don't know if anybody will pay that. Is it, You are struggling with self-worth. You're going to have to get over yourself. You're going to have to pray and seek God and have him uncover and show you where in your life you have allowed a lack of self-worth, labels, word curses, or whatever to take root on the inside of you that have you thinking less than what he's created you to be. Less than how he sees you. At the end of the day, it's how does God see me? At the end of the day, it's I know what I have is of value and I'm not going to second guess it and I'm not going to reduce my prices because I don't feel like people will pay them. It may be harder to acquire customers. It may take a while for you to establish your brand, but you have to set your pricing based on what you can offer. You cannot let your, your insecurities and your fears dominate your way of thinking because you will attract the type of client that you are charging. Back in the day when I first started doing logos, I was charging $25 for a logo. Let me ask me how many clients I had to fire because I ended up putting more work into the project than I was actually um, making. I was making zero money. They actually should have, I should have invoiced them because they needed to pay me some extra money because I worked too much. So when I started increasing my prices, what it did was it weeded out all those people that's trying to get something for nothing that don't, I got a shoestring budget, you know, but I want the wind, I want the earth, the stars, the moon and anything else you can give me because that's what that type of person is. That's the type of person that will be attracted when you lowball yourself and you charge less than what you are worth. So 
I think asking around is good, but at the end of the day, you have to really do some self, some internal self-evaluation to say, you know what, I know what I have to offer is good. I know I'm going to do some studying to see what consultants typically make per hour. I'm going to look at my credentials, what degrees I have, how much real world experience, because don't think you could just come out of college and not really have no experience and be charging $50 million an hour. That's just not, that's not logical. You will have to work your way up. But the beautiful thing is, as you begin to build your client base, you will have an established portfolio to where you can demand more per hour. Now, there is a difference between freelance pricing and consultant pricing. Freelance pricing is, oh, this is just a hobby. I just like to do this. I can, you know, I really have a full-time job. I'm not really desiring to focus at this and look at this as a career. I'm going to charge 50 bucks for a logo, you know, and that, and that's it, you know, or I'm going to charge $30 for a business card versus consultant pricing. I, this is my career. I have experience in this. I'm helping you in your brand. I'm helping you to create your brand. I'm going to custom hand illustrate a logo for you. And I'm going to um, study your industry to know what colors and looks and feels uh, that are particularly or that are typically attributed to this industry. I'm going to study your, um, your consumer and who you want to reach your target audience. And I'm going to develop a color palette and strategies and help you uh, cultivate language and things that will reach that ought that is consultant versus a freelance way of thinking so when you are thinking of on a consultant wavelength you need to charge consultant pricing when you think like a freelancer it's okay to charge freelance pricing but you have to make a you need to make the distinction on what it is you're trying to do and ask people you know what do you think this is worth what would you pay for something like this of this quality um so that you can get a, a good idea of where to um set your pricing at and then tweak it you, you'll be probably tweaking pricing for the remaining of your career and that's okay number five nest egg boo get you one get you one what's your nest egg look like how much money you got in the bank right now if you don't have enough money to live at least 12 months without making a single red cent it's not time for you to leave your full-time job. You need to save, save, save. Because back to number one, you need to make sure that you are making enough on the side to quit your full-time job. If you are making enough to quit your full-time job and you have a nest egg of approximately eight to 12 months worth of salary, in the event that there is some sort of calamity that hits your life, hits your finances, hits your house or whatnot, you can pull from your nest egg. And then you can take the excess money that you're making because you, you know, you in advance, you've said I'm making four times what I was making at my previous job. So I have enough money to stow away, which I mentioned in point one, then you can build your nest bag, your nest egg back up. Don't just eat away from the nest egg and not build it back up. You got to have, you got to factor into what you're charging and what you're making to continue to build your nest egg and to replenish anything that you've taken out of your nest egg. So whether you are working on the side right now, um, everything you make, take a, a percentage of it and throw it in that nest egg, throw the whole thing in the nest egg. Okay. Because, um, if you're not building one, you are setting yourself up to fail, honey, fail with a capital F A I L fail. Number six, this should have been number one. These are not in any kind of particular order. It's just kind of how I wrote them down. But number six, make sure you are hearing God. Okay. Because, God can say, um, yeah, so you're going to come off your job this year. That don't mean tomorrow. That don't mean next week. That don't mean next month. 
Heck, that might not even mean December 30th. That might mean December 31st at 1159 p.m. We don't know the time to God. You got to be sensitive, sensitive, honey, sensitive. You got to know like when God is telling you something that he's when God speaks the things to you. Okay, let me just 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 put a pin here for a second. Like when we get these words from 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 people that are hearing God, you know what we're doing is we're telling you what God's heart is and what his desire is for a situation. We do have the ability to jack all that up by making some, you know, erroneous or some like in the moment decision. We have the ability to do that, like with a quickness. Um, so when you are, when you, you know, when God speaks to you and tells you that I'm going to call you off your job, that you're going to be a full time, you know, entrepreneur or you're going to have a business or businesses. Beautiful, honey, pray, 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 pray over it, cover it, speak over it, declare what his word says over it. But make sure before you put your two week notice in that you're not up in there turning over chairs and, and you know, slacking because I'm out this piece. I'm about to go do me boo boo. You have to make sure that you are hearing from God and that he's giving you explicit directions that you have any kind of um, definite solidified, you need to make sure you're hearing from God because you need the grace. Before any of this can even like be a thing, you need the grace of God to make all of this happen because without the grace, without the power of God, without his anointing, honey, you are going to be running a hamster wheel trying to make stuff happen that is outside of the will of God. And you know, I know you can't make nothing happen like that. That's not in his will. You'll be trying to figure out why stuff is, why calamity is everywhere, why stuff ain't working, why I'm trying this hard and I just can't seem to break through this glass ceiling because you outside the grace, hun, you got to stay within the grace of God. So when he tells you a thing and he gives you instructions, you got to pray that you're doing it in his timing, okay? Hear God above all. Anything else I've said today, if you ain't heard nothing else, if you haven't heard God, you can't even move to step one. You can't even move to step like 0.5 or 0.34. You have to hear God. Last thing, you can't do this without faith. Like even, because honestly, if you had, like I got a whole year, I got $65,000 saved. I'm making, you know, freelance and I'm making a hundred dollars an hour. I got enough clients from like, okay, that's good. Now you got to let go of that security blanket and leave your job. That is not as easy as it sounds because now you are, you got to let God feed you with that manna every month. Let's look at the children of Israel for a hot second. Okay. They were in the wilderness and every day they had to rely on God as their provider with manna. Like they knew he was going to feed them, but it's like, even in still, like you have to have faith that like, maybe it's not going to be the same time every day. You know, God likes to make you wait just to see if you're going to wait on them. Like you have to do this with faith. You have to have faith to be able to step out and do things that are unconventional. You have to have faith to even believe God. You have to have faith to believe that you hear God. You have to have faith to know that what what you are feeling, sensing, what somebody said to you even came from God. It's, it's going to take faith to walk on this water. So when the wind and waves begin to smack you in the face and hit your life, that you're not going to start to sink, that you can still walk out on the water to he who bids you come, that you can still hold on fast to everything that he said, despite whatever hits your life, that you can hold on and believe that what he said is true and that it's going to happen despite how you feel, despite what other people say, despite what it looks like, despite what your competitors are doing, that you know that you know that you know 
know that you know that God spoke this to you and that he's not a man that shall lie and that his word is not going to be returned unto him void that God is truth and that when he speaks a thing to you that you um, will have to have faith God says in his word that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us where's your faith level at are you letting doubt and fear rule you and smack you to and fro? Is that diminishing the faith that's needed for God to be able to move on your behalf in your life? Let's not walk in fear. Fear is the complete opposite of faith. Fear takes away from faith. Fear and faith is the same principle. You just put in your faith in something in, in, in the unknown as far as I don't think this is going to happen. This thing going to work out. I don't know. Did God really say that? Let's not put our fear in that. Let's put our fear. Let's look at God's track record for just a hot second. Since when did God ever say a thing that completely fell through? Since when in all of time? I'll wait. I'm still waiting. Exactly. He hasn't ever had anything that he spoke fall through because he is God and he can do anything but fail and he can't lie. So if he has spoken this to you, you have to believe and know that you know that you know that you know that you know that what he said is going to come to pass beyond a shadow of any doubt in Jesus name. Hold on to what he said. Stop looking at where other people are in their lives and comparing yourself to where you think you should be. Oftentimes, our timelines don't line up with what our mind says because if it did, it would be too easy. We wouldn't need faith then if what we thought in our mind was going to happen. We need faith because what our brain likes to map out is oftentimes the complete opposite of when and where and how and what God wants to do. So let's have faith, sis. Let's laugh. Let's, let's commit to 2018 being a year remarkable thing because we have faith in all that God is and all that he who he is and all that he can do because he is God when you are a follower of God that is your security blanket not some job not some paycheck God is your security blanket because at the end of the day that job can shut down tomorrow but God will still stand his word will still stand his word is still powerful his word is still true and he will still be, remain and be the author and the creator of the universe that I am the beginning and the end and all in between that is who God is and he will always be that despite jobs social media the market the government shutting down any of that god still is god despite anything that goes on in this dying world and we have to believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt if you are called into the marketplace this is not one for the faint of heart and just know that in this journey you will experience tribulation you will experience trial you will experience setback you will experience hurt disappointment betrayal but you have to know that God is, is a God of using life circumstances and situations to build you up, to strengthen you and to make you into the man or woman of God that he called you to be. So I hope this podcast has helped you. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I pray that it has blessed your life. And thank you for those that have continued to support me, that send me messages, that send me emails, that send me direct messages on Instagram. I read them all. And you are the reason why I continue to do this. Otherwise, the introvert and inconsistency side of me that I struggle with will be like, yeah, I'm done. So thank you for the love, loves. Have a beautiful and blessed day. And message me if you have any other um, podcast ideas I would love to consider them and put them into play so bye loves